Hello! And welcome to another episode of the Nintendo Rain Tamp Podcast. I am Triforce Tyler, ladies and gentlemen, before I introduce all the guests today, and we have a lot of them today. Um, we, know, we here at NEP, we do pay attention to what's going out there in the world beyond Nintendo, and we know that everything's really, really crazy, right? Really, really crazy right now, and we want this to be a place where you can laugh, you can have fun, and hear various things on gaming. So this episode, we're going to be as fun as possible, as positive as possible, and we, we really hope you enjoy it. So with that, and I promise, and I promise this to the, to the co-hosts, I will not make fun of any of them all episode. Some do not believe I will live up to this challenge, but <laughs> being the host, I exceed all expectations. So let's get on to the introductions. First of of course, we have Warrior Will. Yeah, I'm going to have to go for a big X on that. And yeah, I'm actually kind of excited for this podcast because like, finally I can actually talk about Nintendo Switch Sports. I want to know that I said I want this to be positive. And what does Will do? He gets an FBI raid to happen. Like, that's not on me. Okay, that does not break my vow. Okay, that's all on Will. Will! What, 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 did you get a new microphone? Did you get a new sound system? That was perfect. That was perfect. That was perfect. That was perfect. I, I hate to pat you on the back. I hate to pat the, the podcast on the back. But wow, you nailed that. And the timing. The timing was perfect. Like, bravo, Will. Bravo. All right. Obviously, you heard in the background there. Atelius Tyler. Yes, uh, I am back once again. And count me with Will on being skeptical about Todd's positivity. Well, I... As the host, Tyler, I again I exceed expectations, and so I will endeavor to do my best to not insult you or Will. And notice, I have not done so so far, so I'm already off to a great start. Also, here is Skull Kid Scott making his what fourth appearance in a row. He, he's been on for a while now. <laughs> Hooray! I have been here for yeah a good chunk finally. Yeah, and well, I want to just say that I believe that it can be a positive experience. <laughs> Thank you. And wait for it, challenger approaching. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have brought in yet another member of our Outer Haven family. Joining us for the first time ever is Arbok Andrew. Hello. I'm, I'm glad to be here for, as you said, the first time ever. Ever. Now, there is a reason that Andrew is here today. And that is because he is now the proud owner of a beautiful baby. Oh, not a baby, I suppose. It was owned by somebody else. But he is the adopted father of a Nintendo Switch. Congratulations, Andrew. Congratulations. Thank so, you. Thank yeah. you. And uh, we will be dedicating our main event today positively to recommending games on the Switch for Andrew to get. So I hope you look forward to that. And Tyler has some questions for Andrew, as well as Skull Kid, because we, you know, he forgot about this. Ooh, that's almost an insult. That was almost an insult. Almost, but not yep. quite. Yeah. Almost. No, there was, I didn't finish. I mean, there was no way it was going to go more than five minutes without one, like, almost slipping out. Well, so. you did forget, but that's not an insult, but the way the tone could have insinuated it was an insult, so that doesn't count because <laughs> I caught it, so ha. Um, Listen, I'm not, I will not be offended by anything. Honestly, I, I would feel more normal if there were insert insults being hurled at me, so uh, let's, you know. Well, maybe, podcast maybe, is still young. Maybe, maybe respect Will, but me, I'm good to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a ton of questions for Andrew. They're they're all very hard hitting. Uh, I would like to you know, does the audience get to know Andrew? And honestly, for us, because this is my first experience of actually podcasting with you. Uh, the first heavy hitting question is, what was your first encounter with Nintendo? Ooh, a heavy hitter right off the bat. I know. Yeah, it was. Um, I got a Game Boy Color, 
In fact, I still have it somewhere, and it was the neon green one. Ooh, nice. Interesting. I actually, I think I might have that same. You don't have the see-through one, do you? Like the, no. Um, yeah, no. just a solid. That is the one that I have. That's sweet. Okay, there you see. That's already something in common. First game you played on it? Mm, that's a that's a tough question because it was. I remember it was. Uh, I got it for my birthday, and my dad got it for me, and I wanted a, a Pokemon game, so he got me uh, Pokemon Silver. Yeah, and. And, but I was really bad at it. So I think my first actual game that I like really went through, um, maybe, I think it was maybe the Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets game. All right, well, I think go. I had that, I think. Can't remember. Yeah, it was, it was, I had it and I also had it later for GameCube. I, I played it on both. The game Big Harry Potter fan game growing up. Was fire. I remember playing the GameCube Quidditch game at my um, at one of my friends' houses. Outside of that, I was not a Harry Potter guy growing up. That was kind of awkward. I was like the only person who was like, "Yeah, I'm too cool for Harry Potter," and I regret it uh, immensely uh, as an as an adult who can't relate to the Harry Potter culture. All right, next hard hitting question: Have you ever played Smash Bros? And if so, who is your main? Ooh, actually, it's funny that. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee was my favorite game ever. Well, I guess not ever, uh, but for a while. Uh, and so my main for Melee was Pikachu. Nice. And then later on for the other ones, it became uh, Toon Link. And I'd say that's probably who my main is. And Pit. However, I just recently got a chance to play as Sora... And honestly, he might be my new main. Yeah, no, no. Sora is sick. He, he is one of the most fun additions to Ultimate's roster. I love the DLC characters because Sakurai is always so, like, he just goes all out. You know, he's like, some of the, the traditional rules get thrown aside and every character feels, like, unique and special to play as. Sora is no exception. Now, the question with the Sora thing is, did you see the reveal trailer and did you cry? Uh, yes. To the first one, and I'll give a, a cool maybe to the second <laughs> one. Uh, I was like, Kingdom Hearts is one of my favorite game series, and I knew I was like, I have to, I have to play this sword at one point. So I was at, I was at a friend's house, and I, I got the chance, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be so bummed if like I'm not good as Sora or I don't know how to play as Sora. But weirdly having played Kingdom Hearts like instilled something in me and I was like, oh I know how Sora plays. Like I know how he works. And it just yeah, like a like a glove. Yes, yes. That's it's incredible. It's a testament to Sakurai's like development skill. I feel like that for every DLC character pretty much. They like they all have such a unique style that really captures how they play in the games. And I, I think that that's like a rare it's it's one of the crowning achievements of Smash Bros to me. Alright, off the gaming subject, a little bit more like casual I don't know if you're a movie guy, but we're all nerds here. So what's your favorite yeah. Marvel movie? I'm taking a stab that you've watched at least one. Ooh, yeah. I, I, I've i seen about half of them. Actually, I looked up recently. Like, I mean, I think, I think about half a little bit more. That's, hmm, oh, that's, oh, actually, no, it's, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Great choice. Wait, hold on. One or two? One. Okay, just making sure. That's mine, that's mine too. That's my favorite MCU film. Yeah, two. I enjoyed two, but it wasn't. You know, one had a 
set the bar high. Yes. Yeah. One yes. one was like the shocking, like special thing. It was amazing. Definitely better than two. I do think two is sneaky underrated, though. I feel like because one was so special, two did not have that same like gravitas. But it was still like very funny. I liked the characters a lot, and Yandu was obviously amazing. They they, they had their moments. Like I loved Kurt Russell as ego. You know, like that was a huge change from the lore. Because if you look at know the comics, that's not Quill's dad at all. Uh, but, you know, Kurt Russell made it work and it was beautiful. But then, like, did I need to know that Drax has sensitive nipples? No, I did not. All right. Like, th- like he just rat Gems Gunlet. Like, Drax was the best one of the best characters from the first one, you know, and then they went that direction. I'm like, why? You didn't need that. Stop it. Get some help. Okay, now for the real question. Snyder Cut. Yes or no? And you, you it, r- r- do know that the insults will come if you say the wrong answer. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm gonna. I mean, I think this might be the the wrongest answer. The wrongest answer no, is this I. This is I, the rightest answer. Hold on, hold on. Hold on I, I haven't seen it, and that's fine. Uh, that's great a, answer. That's a, that's a Don't fine waste answer. your time. I haven't seen the non Snyder cut. I've seen neither version of the film, so <laughs> I, I can't. That's I fair. can't even that's tell fair. you. That's yeah. good. That's four that's hours and seven minutes of just direct and torture and just you are a wise wise man for not watching it no and finally a, he's, I know he's a wise to... man for not watching the theatrical cut <laughs> if you watch the snyder cut he he would seen beauty incarnate and a master yeah, i can i can please everyone i i watched neither making there you everyone go. happy you, you you cannot you can literally say i abstain because i haven't watched it and that's fair i wish more people would be that honest well and yeah. finally those questions were really really hard so i want to end it on an easy one um, what does the United States' role in fighting human rights violations look like in the 21st century geopolitical landscape? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, I do not expect you to answer. Okay, let's move on. This is getting weird. Okay. You know, I, mean, I, was, you know I, might, I might have an answer by the end of this podcast. You know? <laughs> Hold tight. Yeah, just, just yeah, start right and we'll, we'll get back to you. Um, two hours next Thursday, we'll just give you the mic and you can... You can, cool. you know. yeah, get the White House on the phone so they can just, you know, they might want to know. I don't know. They might want to know. <laughs> they probably could use some tips, though. So, with that M. Night Shyamalan twist out of the way, let's get back to the regular portion of our podcast, starting with What Have You Been Playing? <laughs> yeah, I can I can jump in with No, uh, with you can't because fun... you just ruined the pause. Oh, it's no. his first time. I, I told him to wait. I had. I said, I but it's not clear. It wasn't clear. I. It was I didn't know. Pause. I. I didn't know. I didn't know how long the pause was. Yeah. It's a. So it's what you'd call a pregnant pause. Yes. Yes. I'm not sure how to take that word, but okay. Correct. All right. Now I was gonna go to you first, Andrew, because, uh, like we said, you just got a Nintendo Switch. So explain how this came to be, because it was not a standard scenario. It was like, oh, I want a Switch. I'm going to go buy one. So uh, tell them how you got your Switch and what games you have for it right now. Yes. So after I, I, literal years of talking about not having a Switch and saying that one day I will eventually get a Switch, because uh, I really, it was around, yeah, it was the pandemic where I really seriously started to consider it. Um, and even before that, I kind of wanted it. But uh, my manager at work finally was like, hey, I, I'm getting an OLED switch. And I have this old one, which isn't even that old. Um, it's it's V2. Uh, he's like, do you, do you want it? And I was like, yeah, I might be interested. And then he just brought it to work and was like, okay, like, have, what, what seems good? And 
I was like, what do you want for me? He said, well, just more than, than GameStop would give me. So I said, okay. So first we're like, oh, well, around like 100, 160, 170. And then he's like, well, I'll throw in a case. I'll throw in a, a 128 gigabyte memory card. I'll throw in an extra controller. So I was like, great, 180 sold. And uh, that's, I walked away that day with a switch. I went in that, that morning, not knowing I would have a switch. And then that evening I had a switch. What a magical day. Dude, uh, but how much have you how, how much have you honestly gotten to play it so far? Yes, I I got to play it uh, just now for thirty minutes, and I have just one game for it, and that is uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Arceus, great choice. I you know it's funny I I would say Arceus, but apparently it's Arceus. This whole my whole time, I mean. Not it. It hasn't been around that Pokemon for that long. But like, I thought it was Arceus the whole time. But I don't know. It. You could say it both ways. I've always said Arceus, but I've heard a lot of people say Arceus is the actual way to say it. Which I, of course, refuse. I say everything wrong. I say uh, Mario, as you probably know him. To me, he is Mario uh, with a with a, a hard A. Um, and I've been ridiculed for that many times throughout my life. Uh, but yeah. I stand by it. Well, it's just, yeah, there was it's a, good to switch it up. Yeah, there was, exactly. There was, yeah, there was this rap song. It was a uh, done by a guy got called Cam Steady, and it was Arceus versus Giratina, and they say Arceus multiple times, so that's how I learned Ooh. to say it. And I could have sworn it was Arceus and the Jewel of Life, the anime movie. So it, again, you want to say it either yeah, way? That's wait, fine. This it's it's like a, it's like the Mandala effect. You know, it's like is it the Berenstein Bears or the Berenstain Bears? Did you it is exactly Peacemaker? Like... It, is that from? Oh, I don't know. No, okay, well, they, they did that bit in Peacemaker. <laughs> it's, like it's, Baron... I mean, it's a common, a common yeah, yeah. bit. Yeah. I call it Berenstein. Like, that's how I remember it. It's the Berenstein Bears. But, oh, yeah, well. but it's actually the Berenstein Bears. And there you go. The more you know, all right? And then on a, on a side note, I did, I have been playing my Legend of Zelda Game & Watch, which is a lot of fun, and I did just beat uh, the very first Legend of Zelda on it. Oh, wow. nice! I've actually never beaten the original Zelda. It's it it holds up pretty well. It's just very uh, obtuse and cryptic in what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's definitely a game I would want to play with a guide, uh, just because at this point I don't really feel like I would be achieving anything by beating it without a guide. And for so many of those old like math, and I'm back in the day, I guess you would call it massive games without guidance just like it's too much time spent aimlessly wandering nintendo had a helpline for a reason for that game yeah and it was also like you could get the guidebook you you know you could talk to people on the you know your friends on the playground um and i it's funny i i did i think the first three dungeons without a guide and that was actually a mistake because then when i looked at the guide later it was like oh i missed all of these weapons like i didn't get the boomerang i didn't get the bow and arrow i know i got the arrow not the bow but you know if you know anything about archery you need both yes for sure for sure all right so uh let's see skull kid how about you what have you been playing i've been having actually a variety of things i've been playing um pokemon on the side i've been playing dynasty warriors nine empires i've also been playing shadow warrior it's also been okay. fun. 
were you playing Monarch? You, last episode, you had talked about yes, Monarch. Yes, I'm still playing Monarch 2. <laughs> is that is that on Switch right now? I saw it was announced. Yes, it but is released okay. now. It was released the 22nd. Gotcha. So gotcha. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it looked interesting. The reviews were like like kind of lukewarm, but based off of what you were saying, what I was reading, I thought, I might really like this game. The So a, a hard thing about Monarch is a lot of the reviewers didn't, or weren't able to finish the game because of the logic puzzles, which I can understand because some of those logic puzzles were a bit difficult. Um, because of that, it put a sour taste in their mouths, and they didn't finish the game and just gave it gave up and gave it a score. Which, yeah. when that happens, you're prone to give it a bad score. Yeah, oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I'm definitely like that. That debate is always raging. Should people or reviewers finish the game? And like, I get that you can't always, but whenever you can, like, there's got to be some sort of helpline out there to, like, help people get past those logic puzzles, because I do think it's it's hard to give a game an actual review score if you haven't seen everything in that game. Yeah, and the interesting thing about it is a lot of the logic puzzles, um, when you're finished, you get to, like, basically what happens is Act 2, because all the biggest, hardest logic puzzles are near the end of Act 1. Act 2 happens, and there's a lot less of them, because it's a lot more character and story-oriented as a game. Whereas, like, the first act is you getting kind of used to the actual game mechanics, the feel and the play of it. Right. So I can understand a little bit of where they're coming from. They didn't actually see the second half of the game, and that's when a lot of it shines, because you get a lot more access to abilities, you get a lot more access to more characters, an actual, you know, party of people you can play as. And you actually get access to the moments that you actually learn about the characters, because most of the character... um, interaction happens in the second act because the first act is you basically gathering them gotcha okay yeah it seems like a game that i kind of thought will might be like a day one guy on have you followed that one closely will i'm sorry i'm just talking to the nintendo ninjas right now so that's why i didn't really (laughs) talk in right now so apologies but um to answer your question um no i have not um tried out monarch as of yet i mean it's definitely had that niche Kind of appeal, especially with the original uh, Shimigami Tensei developers back in the day, but uh, so far it has not um, caught up in my uh, interest as of yet. And plus, again, on my backlog right now, I don't want to go and put more games that I haven't finished up as of yet. I mean, hey, you you guys wanted me to play Arceus. I again, you wanted to put in another hundred hours when you guys have put it in this game onto a front of a backlog. No, thank you. There is like no game that I would give you crap for not playing, except for like Breath of the Wild two and Pokemon Legends Arceus. Like those are games that I just feel like, as a Switch owner, you just gotta play them. A little 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 preview for our our final uh, <laughs> <laughs> topic today. All right, so Tyler, what about you? What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing quite a lot. I've been playing more than I've been talking this episode. Um, I, so I played the Triangle Strategy demo. I want to start there. Um, I am still excited for this game. However, there is a lot of talking in the first three chapters. In oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. A lot. And I do not like the writing. I do not like the dialogue. Um, the like the characters are okay, their personalities are fine. It's only the first three chapters in the demo, so I don't want to say like, oh man, I this the character stink, the writing stinks. No, like the conflict is decent, and and I can see that there's a lot of potential there. But eighty percent of the time I was playing this game was just reading dialogue, and <laughs> I like dialogue. I love RPGs, but it was too much. It was just way too much talking. Like, compared to a Fire Emblem Three Houses, where, again, there is a ton of talking in that game, too, 
it's more engaging in Three Houses. You're walking around Garrick Mach talking to people. You can go fish in between. You can break it up. Like, you can break up your your dialogue blocks with other activities. In this game, you got to sit there and you got to listen to these people talk. And to, it's... Go ahead, Will. To be fair, like, again, like, uh, with, with this game of Triangle Strategy, it is definitely going back to that traditional uh, RPGs, back, like, I don't know, like Final Fantasy Tactics. And, as you know, it's not really meant to be, like, a oh, like a a hub world, like, oh, you travel here. There is a quote-unquote hub, but that's in your encampment, which you basically buy stuff and all that. So, I'm, I'm getting basically reminded of, like, games like Shining Force and all that. So, it's not being... So, it's definitely kind of go a bit more traditional in regards to very text-heavy base, like, with, I don't know, like, old RPGs of yore. So, maybe they kind of go for that one. But I, I can understand why you think it's a bit way too text-heavy, in a sense. So, I can definitely understand that. Chris. Yeah, and, and, I mean, you're 100 you're exactly right. It's 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 definitely a throwback in a, in a couple of ways. Like, first of all, just the graphical style. It's pixel art. Like, it's definitely going for... A little bit of a retro vibe with some modern sensibilities um and, and i really like i don't even mind the talking that like if the plot picks up to where i'm really interested and engaged in it then the dialogue issue won't really be as big of a factor but in the demo i just felt like it was too much that being said once you're actually in battle and there's a couple like you can play three battles in the demo and then there's like some practice battles that you can do also, like, those are all really fun. Like, I love the combat. It's very different from Fire Emblem, again, and I hate to, I know it's, like, a meme to be, like, Fire Emblem fans think every strategy, tactical RPG is Fire Emblem. In my I case, I really do. Like, that Fire Emblem is my touch point, and I'm just going to keep using it because it works. But in, like, Fire Emblem, permadeath is a, is a major factor. Like, you don't want to lose any characters in battle. In this game, I'm pretty sure it's impossible to beat some of these battles without, like, a character falling and then they don't stay dead. They, like, come back immediately afterwards. Like, nothing happened, which story-wise feels a little weird. If somebody got, like, killed in combat, you would think that they would... If your HP hit zero, you would think that they'd get executed in, in war, and that does not happen here. But aside from that, like, logical gripe, I really feel like the game plays well. I like how every character has a specific vibe to them. It's, again, much more old-school Fire Emblem compared to New School, where every character can do everything. In this game, like, Serenoa is your frontline like sword fighter and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gila is your healer she cannot do anything else like she can hit somebody with her cane and do no damage but she is a healing specialist like it really uh, it, it by taking away the customization options found in three houses I think it actually does enhance the tactical um element of triangle strategy because mm-hmm, you really mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. to think about how every character functions in your party and how their role it can be best fulfilled mm-hmm. so i find it very satisfying on the battlefield not not like I'm, I'm out on this game i'm very excited for it still however i was like a 10 out of 10 excited for it now i'm like a 7 out of 10 excited for it oh. the, demo did not, the, the, the demo did not like put me in in the blissful state that the first demo did now, mm-hmm. I, I will want to remind you tyler and this is just me a caring host and looking out for you um there was another game that you didn't like the beginning of and you felt that you hated it until you actually finished that game then it became one of your best ever so you, you're, would... you're we have been arguing about xenoblade chronicles 2 <laughs> like andrew and scott i don't know if you guys know the backstory here but when xenoblade chronicles 2 came out for the switch in 2017 i got it and i 
hated it. It just made no sense. The combat was poorly explained. The systems were obtuse. The story was like super anime. The character designs were not my thing. And then I try. So I put it down after like getting halfway through the game, and I was like, I'm not finishing it. This is the worst game I've ever played. Then I tried again, and I still didn't like it. Then Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition came out. I played it. I loved it, thought it was incredible, and with that knowledge, I was able to fill in the gaps in the tutorials in 2, where 2 doesn't teach you a lot of things. I understood the mechanics better, and once I got the mechanics, then the game became something that I loved. Those flaws, those original flaws, were still there. I could still see Triangle Strategies talking being a flaw once I play the full game. But, but you don't know that. I mean, true, but I'm just the giving same. you my impressions from the demo. That's, 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 that's all I'm doing. Uh-huh. Uh, I've also been playing Ollie Ollie World. Uh, that was a game announced in, in an indie showcase a while back. Uh, it's like a skateboarding game. It's very uh, reminiscent of like something you would play. And I mean this in like a good way, actually. Like something you would play in class if you were like in high school and you'd be like at a computer. Like I don't know if you ever had like computer days, but we would have like computer days in high school uh, where you'd just be like doing research or something. And I would always not do the research and go play like skateboarding games that were like made by one person with like a stick figure. And this game feels a lot like that in like a positive way. It's very simple, easy to pick up and play. The controls are pretty much A and the, the joystick to do all your tricks. So it's like a one button. Anybody can pick this up and understand it. Style game. Um, and the skating is fun. The the courses are fun. It's got you know, heavy platforming elements, obviously. Uh, it is $30, which is a lot of money uh, for this type of game. I think that it's probably a game you want to wait until it's on sale. Uh, and it's also a game that could really use user-generated content. In my mind, it has that. I don't know why I thought in the, they showed that in the um, showcase, but I haven't actually found that in the game yet, so I maybe I have to unlock it, or maybe I'm just like completely insane and it was never there. But it could definitely use some user content, because I do think this is a game that I will like constantly just be like, oh, I got 10 minutes. Like I'm going to play Ali Ali World and like run through a few courses, and because it's not a high commitment. You can stop it whenever. It really is a great Switch game, I would not recommend it on another platform, but on Switch, it really is perfect for that quick, bite-sized um, handheld experience. And then finally, uh, mm-hmm. I have been playing uh, Pokemon Shining Pearl. Uh, I went back into that, and it is so frustrating to go back to that game after playing Arceus. <laughs> There's just so much dated, archaic Pokemon stuff that I'll com- complain about at a later day. Uh, but I, I do still enjoy it. Pokemon is fun. I like catching Pokemon and battling Pokemon. So, you know, Pokemon Shining Pearl is cool. Uh, and then, yeah. I've also been playing the N64 a lot. Uh, this has been a heavy week of gaming for me. Banjo-Kazooie. Hey. Emulation runs great, by the way. So Good. if you haven't gotten the Switch Online expansion pass and you haven't played Banjo-Kazooie, I'm going to tell you, I would buy it. It's worth it. All right. Will? All right, so out of all things, like, okay, 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 I won't talk about the beta this past weekend, Nintendo Ninjas. Fine, jeez. All right, so... I can't look at me with the tripods and go shutting me to the to the toilet room. Uh, but okay, so I will be talking about the, a certain beta that just happened this past weekend, these past three days with the random time slots. But unfortunately, due to those NDAs, I can't talk about it. Uh, it stinks. But it, it uh, okay. Can I say one thing? 
Oh, oh, okay, okay. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so the beta itself, stable. Like it obviously has some work to be done, but it's stable. That's all I can say. All right, Nintendo. That's all I'm gonna say. That's it. That's it. Don't don't DMCA me. Okay, okay. <laughs> but aside from the that, uh, Nintendo Switch uh, sports uh, demo, um, I was mentioned. It's not really much of a um, gaming week for me. Like I have been continuing on with uh, Final Fantasy Heroes, which we recently just got the uh, the legendary banner uh, trailer, which out in the middle of the night, which was a uh, legendary Sita, which okay. Apparently, uh, somebody uh, data minded the. Um, the update, so it really wasn't a surprise, quote unquote. So everyone knew that Legendary Seed was coming in for coming next week. So, eh, not bad, not bad. But I guess it's good, good stats on her, good stats on her, and she will be coming up this coming Monday, last I checked. Um, the other things aside, I uh, happen uh, uh, also I'm going back into a little bit of Overwatch because of the new um, uh, what was the name, uh, Reaper events, which just play some 27 matches and get a Legendary Reaper skin. So. Reaper's fun. I can see why people love playing, like why people still stick up Overwatch watch and play Reaper. So yeah, I'm playing a little bit of that here and there, and yeah, I'm just right now just trying to uh, just get getting some time because I actually want to try to finish up the demo of a uh, Triangle Strategy before next week's release, which I can't believe we're already next. Is one more week until then? It's like holy crap. So. Yeah, like just trying to figure out that, and we're going to the whole uh, standpoint. We're going to whole, being too too text heavy a toddler. I mean, I grew up with games like The Sky and and other like like even sometimes visual novel games. So the fact that like the story itself, yeah, for the first few chapters, it, it was definitely basically building. Like, of course, there's the different plot, but the one thing I do have to give props to Triangle Strategy is again the the dialogue choices that you have as the main character. Because, like, I'm not sure, like, once you meet the princess at the port, you have these three different choices. It's like, oh, you should see see, the, see this. Like, no, like, am I beautiful? I think your actions are more beautiful. So, yeah, I just like that that part of the, the, as, uh, the demo so far. So, uh, like, the, the text was heavy. Like, I don't know. I feel like the English performance may have an effect of, like, why you wouldn't like the, the story so far, because maybe the dialogue was a bit too cheesy. I mean, like, not like Octopath uh, Traveler cheesy, but it has that sense of they were trying to imitate something else, like the old English dialogue. But I it shan't didn't work. do this. I shan't do that. Like, that, that stuff annoying. But you're right. The, the, um, the actual, like, choices are cool, and I do think I might play it in Japanese. Can, do you know if we can switch the language I, bl- because right now to say you can play the first three chapters i believe there is japanese voice options last i checked but i need to try to, I, to, I haven't tested out as of yet but i'm pretty sure there is dual voicing last i checked i think that's a great suggestion i'm probably going to actually play so it. there's that but so yeah just trying to finish up the demo for the game next week's game release comes out but aside from that yeah uh, it has been very like week of gaming i'm just continuing on with uh with mobile games for the most part and of course again fire Emblem heroes just continues to take my life and i'm right now at 800 orbs and can't wait for the next legendary banner so here's hoping so overall it's been a light gaming week week for me for me i did play Faye. we got that new banner i got three of the four characters which wasn't too bad and then uh I have been doing my best, and I don't know if I'll get to it, but uh, I'm trying to finish up Pokemon Legends Arceus. When I say when I say finish it, I mean trying to get to Arceus himself. Because spoiler, you can get him obviously, but to do so, you have to catch every Pokemon in the Pokedex. I think I'm close. 
I've gotten most of the legendaries. I am doing the uh, Legends of Hisui, or sorry, the primor the entities of Hisui or whatever for the Thunderous, Tornadus, and Landorus, and Enamorous, which I didn't even know was a Pokemon. I learned a new thing today. So, uh, doing those now, maintaining the power of positivity. I will not rant about my experiences with Tornadus, even though it was complete bullcrap. What happened to me? Um, positivity, but uh, it is. It's still extremely fun to play this game, even though I've beaten the main story. Uh, I had to, I didn't, I hadn't found naturally in my in my run a, uh, a mischievous, and so I wanted to get one for uh, the haircut lady. What was her name? I can't remember. Yeah, she, some she, diamond she, clan member, I think. Yeah, no, yeah, she's she's Mars's ancestor. It's because it, of the haircut. Um, but she wanted a mischievous, and I hadn't found one naturally. So I, I looked up a guide, and I'm like, "Where do I find mischievous?" And they go, "Oh, it's in the you know the Coronet Highlands near the summit." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I start looking around, and I can't find one. And what do I randomly run into? A Rotom. Why? I don't know. But it was awesome because I had never seen one in the wild. And then I then I saw there was another spot where mischievous sometimes hang out. So I go to that, and I find even more Rotom and mischievous, and I miss Magius. And then I found a Spiel that was there for a side quest. And I was like, this is just the wonder of this game to where I I don't remember. I know I've never been in that particular section before. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's these Pokemon that I hadn't seen before. And I want to catch them all. And it was awesome. And then there were other times where I would. Uh, and then I went to the uh, Alabaster uh, Icelands and I was flying around in Braviary and I was like, Oh, look, there's a hole in the ground. I don't think I've ever gone to that before. So I went down, and that's where I found the ice stone. So I got my Glaceon. So the only one I don't have right now is Umbreon, because uh, I haven't trained Eevee at night. But and then as I'm wandering around there, what do I find? Zorua. I was like, where is Zorua? There's Zorua. It was hiding in an ice cave. So I caught that. And then I started like just filling out Pokedex entries. And some of them were easy. Some of them were hard. And now I'm trying to complete the uh, Entities one so I can get to the next stop and then i'm like some of these pokemon have very specific uh evolutionary standards and i'm like why like like for one of them you have to use like special moves a bunch of times like not even like pokedex wise but just to use them and so thankfully i've caught some of them uh in in the in the evolved form so i don't have to worry about that like with electrovire and everything so that's fine but uh, it, this game is still a wonder, and I'm trying to finish it because once I get into triangle strategy, I know that, especially with all the choices and the fact that I'm reviewing the game, uh, I'm going to be absorbed with that for two weeks plus. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's going to be a busy time, so I'm doing my best. I might have a lot of free time tomorrow and this weekend to go and partake. So, And then once I'm done with that, I'll drop, jump over to the demo for triangle strategy to get a head start on that. But uh, Arceus is just so much fun. And then X-Play gave it a 3 out of 5, and that broke my heart. I'm like, and they were like, they harped on the graphics. I'm like, we get it. You don't like the graphics. But again, it's not the only thing. And then, ironically, the Honest trailer for the game was, like, praising it. And it was like, yes, there you go. And then Yahtzee did his, and he, he talked about the graphics, too. I'm like, okay, it all balances out, I guess. <laughs> Well, to be fair, right now, like the current trend that everybody's talking about right now is Elden Ring, and everybody, even on Twitch, is like talk, like talking about that game. So I don't worry. Like you, I think the the, the spot out of everything else, basically, you you have time on your own, so I think you'll be okay. Yeah. All right, and with that, we're gonna head into the news, which has honestly been a bit light this week, but still, let's have some fun with it. So it's time to go down the warp pipe.
And first, we have... Uh, this has been a Pokemon week of sorts because uh, the Pokemon company in lead up to Pokemon Day, which is on Sunday, has been dropping news about basically every major Pokemon game with a few exceptions. They announced uh, there was a patch 1.2 that came to Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl that brought in Colosseum mode and some other features. Uh, Pokemon Unite is getting a new Pokemon via Hoopla. Pokemon Go is getting some new stuff. And on Sunday, we're going to get a 14-minute Pokemon Presents, which is their version of the Nintendo Direct. And it's going to be 14 minutes long, and everyone's expecting a big announcement of some kind. Everyone? Because so, I am certainly not. Really? Yeah, what about you guys? I, I, Given how they have dedicated a day to the major Pokemon titles, with the exception of Arceus and Snap, new Pokemon Snap. Um, I'd be shocked if there wasn't an announcement for one of them, like a DLC announcement. A lot of people, and this is actually trending on Twitter at this time, uh, a lot of people are talking Gen 9. Like, are we going to get the reveal of Gen 9 on Pokemon Day? There is a symmetry to that. I don't know if it's ready to be announced, though. And, and I would agree with some of the people on Twitter, don't rush the announcement, because that, that does nobody any good. Metroid Prime 4! Um... <laughs> So I definitely expect a big announcement, but what it is, I honestly can't say. I mean, if anything else, I can only expect one surprise. Like, if it is that rumored uh, uh, DLC pack for RCS, like updating home base and perhaps new Pokemon, then yeah, I think that's a safe assumption. Because again, there's only 14 minutes, so it's going to be gone by real quick. So I'm, I'm, I'm at least predicting at least one surprise. Look, I, just I honestly know wasn't expecting out of much of the direct, but... A lot happened during yeah. it, so <laughs> it and might be the same deal. Fourteen minutes is a long time, okay? Like seriously, if you look, I, I saw a tweet about the timelines of, of the time frames of all the other Pokemon directs. There were three of them were, that were less than like seven minutes, and we're getting double that, okay? So I would be shocked if they just filled it with fluff. I mean, we could get a Pokemon Sleep announcement finally. <laughs> I think the Pokemon Snap idea is actually I didn't consider that and now i feel like that's like the most likely thing is like we're gonna get a new area or two in pokemon snap which would be tremendous for sure and like pokemon unite you know will be there they'll they'll announce whoever the next character is for pokemon unite but i like i saw some buzz about let's go johto and i i'm suspicious of that i i think the let's go series especially I, i know it released early in the switch's lifespan but if you look at Let's Go compared to even Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, like Let's Go was not a huge success, uh, and I would I would be surprised if Wait. they put more resources. Towards Hold on, what did you just say? I said if you compare it to Let's Go to Diamond and Pearl and Sword and Shield, it was not a huge success. I mean, it sold well. It, it sold over ten well. million. Yeah, but com- how much should Diamond and Pearl and Sword and Shield like compared to those games? It was not as as like. Maybe, I don't know how big Pokemon Company is, but if I was them, I would be putting my resources towards the next tentpole title instead of doing a Let's Go Johto. Which is fair, which is probably maybe why we haven't gotten it yet, but still, any game that sells 10 million on their own or in combined, that's still a big deal, Tyler. No, it's it sold well. I'm not saying it didn't sell well, but I'm, I, what, I'm saying what I, what I said. Like, compared to the other Pokemon games, that, took, that game wasn't like they mailed it in. Like, they put a lot of resources into that game. And I I'm sure that they have data on who it appealed to, but it, it really was 
you know, it was called Let's Go because it was based on the Pokemon Go phenomenon, right? The catching mechanic is pretty much the same as it was in Pokemon Go. Yeah. Pokemon Go isn't as big as it once was. Like, I, I just... Uh, careful. I, it's not as big as I it will once say, was. I'm, That's I'm still playing it kind of off and on. but it's, uh, it's still making a lot of revenue, like, still. And it has a big... This Saturday is the big Johto event for it. There you go. Oh, no way. Okay, well, that changes things a little bit. I didn't realize there was a Johto tie-in. I would still yeah. be surprised, but that that does add some fuel to that fire in, in my mind. I just, I don't know. I'm not, again, I cannot stress enough because I think that you're kind of mishearing me, Todd. I'm not saying the game was a failure or it was a flop or it sold poorly. It sold very, very well. But when you compare it to other Pokemon titles, it did not. So that that's why I would think, you know, maybe they would put their resources for something else. However... I don't know how what their what their plans were. Maybe they've had this in the pipeline for a while. So that that could be that could be something that we see. Any other guesses? I think we're gonna get Pokemon Helmet, <laughs> the third part to Sword and Shield. <laughs> Wait, that helmet? would be hilarious. That's the third part. Helmet. Yeah, you got you got your sword, you got your shield, you got your helmet. Like not a bike helmet, like a Viking helmet or like a soldier helmet. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, I can see it. Okay, I mean, I guess it's better than gun. Like, remember when that was the joke? Like sword, shield, and gun. I'm like, <laughs> no, that's no, definitely not. All right. I I am I am half joking. Although I do, I mean, they <laughs> they said they weren't gonna make a third one for that, but I I feel like you know, like Emerald was was so great. Uh, you know, Crystal was great Crystal. that I feel like. There's no big reason why they shouldn't, and maybe make it a little bit more difficult. I don't know. Well, if you recall, they there have been rather inconsistent because in Gen Five, which I've always considered the worst, they did the full-on sequels with uh, Black and White Two. Then X Y didn't have Z, even though they set it up with Zygarde, who had a huge role in the anime. Then Sun and Moon had Ultra Sun and Moon, and so far Sword and Shield hasn't had anything outside of the the special edition, but that doesn't count because that was just, you know, a combination of things. But they had but they had the DLC. So that kinda, you know, that balances it out, I suppose. So I don't know. But I think if we were gonna get a third one, we'd have heard about it by now, especially after all the DLC content. Yeah, I think somewhere they did say that uh there there wouldn't be a third one. But I feel like it's it's strange that they wouldn't come up with anything. I mean DLC is fine, but it's not like a you know, like you said, it's not like Ultra uh, Sun Moon or, or like, um, you know, Black and White 2. Yeah. You know. And, but it also might go back to what Tyler was talking about in terms of, you know, what the, te- what the teams are working on. Because, you know, they did the Sword and Shield, then they did the, the Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra, which were, you know, the first time that Pokemon ever done that. Then they were working on the Diamond and Pearl remakes, and they're working on Arceus. So that was, you know, at one point in time, three different major Pokemon games, three mainline games, more or less, that they were working on. And so maybe they was like, let's put our attention on these titles instead of trying to think of something for, you know, to extend Sword and Shield even further. And look how that paid off. Both both Diamond Pearl remakes and Arceus have sold huge. So That is true. Yeah. So... And maybe they just realized that maybe they were just milking the cow a little bit much. So let's let's work on something else. It's it it could be viewed anyway. So, but th- I seriously think if we don't get a major announcement, that's a letdown because why do the Pokemon presents then? Like, seriously. it's because they always do. It's Pokemon Day. Like, 
But, You're not going to have something huge every year. It's it's like you know. But, uh, I I disagree with that though because they didn't have to like for example last last year's they did do the present and that's where we got like that 25th video and that's where we got like the first true look at Arceus and everything. Um, but they uh they didn't do like the whole week's worth of stuff. Like they didn't they didn't do like each day was a special thing. They announced everything on that day, and then. Uh, then they had the Post Malone concert, which is still incredibly weird. Uh, like, seriously, who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> okay. But, like, they announced everything in that one Pokemon Presents, and that was awesome. And so it would be weird for them to say, hey, we're making all these announcements, and we're having a Pokemon Presents, but there's nothing to announce. Like, that would be where, like, why not just do, like, the daily announcements like you've been doing? Like, nobody would have faulted them for that. There would be no expectations. That Because they announced the Pokemon Presents, there's expectations now. So we'll find out on Sunday. Uh, another option here, and this is one that I honestly forgot about until I uh, someone wrote about it. Detective Pikachu 2. <laughs> Not the movie, the video game. Okay. So in 2019, before everything went crazy with the pandemic, the Pokemon company confirmed that the sequel to Detective Pikachu was in the works for the Nintendo Switch. Fast forward three years. We haven't heard anything, but a job listing on uh, the team that's making the game, Creatures, they had a, a listing that said you would be working on Detective Pikachu 2. So it is still coming. We just don't know when. So maybe that's the announcement. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's good to hear that Detective Pikachu is still being in development. The the sec the sequel. I mean, the first game itself is a unique concept, and the fact they left on the cliffhanger is like okay and i mean again they're making it let them have all the time indeed so yeah I, like it's definitely that one of those niche games i mean again the only thing i like about detective pikachu aside from the movie was the amiibo i mean that thing was a chonky boy was that a chonky. was a chonk amiibo for sure so i still haven't seen the movie i just I, I don't know if i can i don't know if they can make it through it i don't know <laughs> so uh but like there maybe is... the best video game movie so far Oh, Whoa! Tyler, what do you think about that? Tyler, what do you Actually, think about I, that? I, I somehow haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it's great. I, as it's well documented on this podcast, I thought the Pokemon looked awesome. However, when you come on to NEP, you respect Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> so, did, did you see the Sonic movie? You know, that's I did not see it. Okay, oh. I understand why. So I can't. Why you would yeah. It's reasonable. I understand why you would put forth Detective Pikachu. I would say take take the, the two hours, sit down, watch a Sonic movie. It's going to be two hours that they're the best two hours of your week for sure. I mean, okay. to be fair as well, like... I'll say until until the Sonic movie came out, <laughs> pre Sonic movie. I can't speak on the Sonic movie, but up to that point when when Detective Pikachu came out, that that was the best. Uh, that was the best video game movie. I mean, to be fair as well, uh, Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu was definitely a good selling point. I'll, I'll give it that much. But the one thing that the Sonic movie has on top of the Pikachu movie was one, they had Sega. I mean, Bench Wars is okay and all that, but there's one thing they, they have that it tops Pokemon Detective Pikachu. They showed off Skies of Arcade in the beginning credits. I was going to say that. They showed off Yakuza in the beginning credits. They had shown off Golden Axe. It's like, yeah, okay, I see it. That's my boy. 
I'm sorry, I'll stop, I'll stop. <laughs> I saw somebody mention this guy's Arcadia uh, re-release the other day. I was very excited. Oh, give me hope! Uh, I'm just staying out of this. All right, I just... But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what my favorite video game movie is, because there honestly hasn't been that many good ones. Uh, I mean, I know it's kind of cheating, but I'd say uh, Ready Player One. <laughs> Well, are you guys excited for Uncharted? Have you seen that? No. I don't know if that's that's uh, how I've heard Nick reviews. I do kind of want to see it. It has, like, apparently what I hear about is it's a really fun movie. It's just not something you really want to think about. Yeah, it, I, I might go see it. Tom Holland, I just, I'm sorry. I like him. I, I'm, I, I feel like it's becoming like it. an unpopular opinion. I'm just no. a Tom Holland fan. No, I just, I've heard, the, the reviews I've heard say that if you're an Uncharted fan, you're going to be picking this movie apart. If you've never played the games, it's a decent action movie. Which is not... That might be why I'm not interested in yeah. seeing it as much, because I, I love the series. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. there's still no reason why they put Tom Holland in the role. I mean, outside of the <laughs> fact that he's Spider-Man, because Nathan Drake is not that young in any of the games. Uncharted like, 3 he is. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the prologue. Fair enough. But still, like, they did that just to bank off of the fact that it's, you know, Tom Holland and oh surely a young strapping Nathan Drake versus you know like oh I don't know a Nathan Fillion or heck you know you could even I think you could have even pulled off Mark Wahlberg as Drake I'm just saying he it he was looked... him initially it was supposed to be Mark yeah. Wahlberg then so, he, he shifted over to Sully when he apparently aged out of that yeah so it was like really so I don't know but Hold uh, on. let me ask you a critical question Andrew how old is Nathan Drake in the games. Is it ever explicitly kind of revealed? Ooh, I, I, I will don't look that up. think so. I, I think that explains it in like the game models last I checked as well, because I, I have all played all four games, and like they actually do have like a model. Okay. I got it. Ready? Nathan Drake is 5'11", which automatically rules out Tom Holland. Tom Holland and, is 5'7", that's tough. There you go. And, he, and, and by the fourth game, he is 38 years old. By, okay, so, but not by the first game, because this is the first uh, movie. Okay, I'll, uh, here's, I'm, I'm looking it up. I've never played Uncharted, so I just want to be clear on that. All right, uh, 33 in Uncharted 2. Okay, Tom Holland's 25. Yes. So it, you take away a couple years from the first game and say he's 30. That's not that big of a difference. I do agree he looks much younger. I, yeah, I, 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 think, I think that was also the big thing, is that he looked like teenage Nathan Drake versus... But, yeah, that's the that's the Nathan yeah. Drake in, yeah. in Uncharted Three, yeah. which is weird because Sully is a bit older even then. At the time, Nathan Drake is like fifteen. Mm-mm, okay, okay, okay. Okay, here we go. He's thirty-one at in the first game, then thirty-three and two, thirty-five and three, and almost like now it says forty. Now fine, forty by the end of by a thief's end. So. That's good he knew when to hang it up, although Tom Brady is uh, still like a <laughs> 44. We didn't see we go. How about that? Uh-huh. All right. Uh, and now for some news that I'm going to say very Nintendo. Okay. So there is a studio out there that's been working with Nintendo. It's not that one. It's not that story. We're talking about the other one first. Um, they're called Night Dive Studios. They've been working with Nintendo to bring certain games to the Switch in terms of remastering. For example, they did Quake, they did the first Turok games, and so on and so forth. They want to make more remasters for Nintendo. 
Nothing wrong with that, especially after the last Nintendo Direct. Uh, but they want to focus on the first-party Nintendo games that they feel should be remastered, with their biggest request being that of Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. One of the most beloved horror games of all time. But, according to them, when they try and pitch it to Nintendo, they get gun-shy. Ooh. Mm. Right, because we, we know Nintendo never, never gets gun-shy about anything. <laughs> well, not until Smash Brothers, I'm yeah. guessing. <laughs> or Ports, or Mother 3, or, you know, new, new F-Zero title, or, yeah. So, uh, I I feel I feel for them because we know that Nintendo likes their remasters. Again, look at that last Nintendo Direct of the collections and everything that they've had. They were showing. It feels uh, and here's here's another one. Uh, when Eternal Darkness came out, uh, I think it was 2003. I was on the GameCube. Yes, yes. That yes. was its only release. Like it's never been touched since then. There was no sequel. There's no remaster. Nothing. And again, this was a beloved title on the GameCube, and no one's touched it since. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of sad because like it, that game. I mean, I've I only heard the legends and and stories about it. Like the game just messes with you so much. I mean, back in the day, like how would you feel when you see when you try to save it, but it shows that it's deleting your save. That, true that right would there. mess you up so much. And, like, I can't remember how it was if you were a kid. Like, no, no, I save! And, like, oh, 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 okay, okay, it's good, it's good, it's good. Yeah, like, that would have been that would have been such a great experience for, for more people. But, yeah, as you said, it has been touched, it has been ported to every other system nowhere. So, the fact that people are not, they want, like, the studio wants to do something with it, but Nintendo's not doing it is, like, yeah, very Nintendo kind of deal. Not bring F Zero, not bring dark, darkness, Eternal Darkness. It's just, yeah, it's it's just ripe to to do something next with that with that title. Like, yeah, who wouldn't be more freaked out? I mean, I checked out the horror games recently. I mean, it is starting to get back into it, but I want something like that. Like, oh, you save it? Like, no, not myself. No, 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 no. Like something similar to like Doki Doki Literature Club, which that like really messes your view. Had that, to go Doki Doki, didn't you? <laughs> Had to go Doki Doki. I mean, that's the only nearest comparison I can figure because, again, Doki Doki literally really messes with you up. Uh, <laughs> I just think it'd be cool to see what would happen if they did do a remaster because they'd have to change some of the stuff that they did because, like, there's like volume settings that get changed, brightness settings that get changed in that game. So they'd have to do a lot, but I think it'd be a lot of fun for them to innovate to try to rebring that game back out. Yeah. Again, the potential is there. It's. it's... Again, this is one of those one step forward, one step back things with Nintendo where, you know, hey, let's remaster Klonoa. Let's get Square Enix to remaster Front Mission and Chrono Cross. But hey, what? why don't we do Eternal Darkness? Eh, I, I don't understand. I mean, there maybe there's a reason. I don't know. There could be a legal reason, but it, it would seem odd given that it was a first party title. So I, I really don't know. But we'll see. So hopefully they get their wish. Uh, and then there was the other story of uh, Nintendo and their partners. See, apparently for the last 40 years, Nintendo has been working with a group called SDR, SRD, one of those two. And apparently now they've acquired them. Yay. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, uh, we were expecting, like, Nintendo getting a great acquisition to compete with the whole Sony and, all, like, all that, and Xbox. Okay, nope. we, we're getting this thing with kind of company that we, we've been working with 40 years. Like, 
Now, <laughs> Nintendo has finally bought Mario, everyone. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and for those of you who really don't know the name, and I was one of them, this is like one of those smaller teams that's been working with them on various titles. They worked on Animal Crossing, New Horizons, they worked on Mario and Zelda and Star Fox and all these other titles, but they were just like, I guess, an add-on team, if you will, but now they are fully integrated into Nintendo. But the problem here is that even Nintendo is like, this will only minimally affect you know, production of things. Okay. So, yeah. So... Like it was just wondering, like, is this really newsworthy? Like, we're we're finally getting to get with a state that we've been working for forty years. <laughs> what the? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's not gonna affect anything. It's just like it's just gonna have a lesser friction or any of that sort. Is in development of our games. Like, okay, so. Yeah, it's like I wonder if it was really newsworthy. I mean, yeah, okay, Nintendo grabbing a company, fine. But we've been working together for so long, it's not really news at all. So <laughs> it was definitely kind of an interesting news that this came in the middle of the night uh, of this day. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying we're not saying it's a bad thing, but yeah, it's it's compared to everything else. When you hear acquisitions, you're like, oh, what did Nintendo get? Oh, it's the people they've been working for for 40 years. Why did it take 40 years to buy them? Like you can't say you didn't have the money. <laughs> I like. Like what? What was preventing you? Did they do this kind of out of fear? Like, were they afraid that Sony was going to take the team that they've been working with for forty years? I don't know. I so, highly doubt it had anything to do with Sony's acquisitions. I know, but like, why buy them now? Then, like, I don't know what's going on behind the closed doors. But like, like you said, if they were trying to like make a big splash, this would not be their big splash. Yeah, they they they're aware of that. Oh. and that's it. Yeah, there's, there honestly wasn't a lot of news. <laughs> yeah, there really <laughs> was not nothing, unfortunately. Which is just... fine. Which is fine because now, in light of our desire to be positive throughout this podcast, we are going to help our new Switch brother in Arbok, Andrew, fulfill his destiny of having a robust Nintendo Switch library. Because, as he noted in what he's been playing, he's got a few games, but he doesn't know what else to get. So we as great Switch owners, are going to help him in the latest Nintendo discussion. Pump me out. Andrew, I want right now, just to remind the viewers at home, what are all the Switch games you have? Yeah, so I have... Pokemon Legends Arceus. Okay. That's it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, That's dramatic a pretty pause. pretty good slate right there. <laughs> just dramatic pause. Okay. And again, this this also shows what his boss did not have, because he had the Switch for a while, and he decided, I guess, not to get into games. Okay. But uh, and that's got a new Switch, right? I'm sure he has a ton of Yeah, stuff. so it's it's just, uh, yeah, his games are on the, on the new one, yeah. Fair, fair. All right. Um... So with okay now, lightly talk about the genres you want to play on the Switch, and then we're gonna go around the horn, if you will, and give you some options for you to enjoy. Yeah, so I like uh, action adventure, open world. And then I am a big horror fan. It's funny we were just talking about horror, and I know the Switch isn't really known for that, um, but yeah. Uh, Action adventure, open world. Um, 
role-playing, uh, those are the games I like. All right. Well, I will start off then, and I'll go with one that I know Tyler will agree with, and that is you should get the two Xenoblade Chronicle games. <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. You cannot get X. It's only on the Wii U, so, you know, I'm sorry. But that was a good game, too. Uh, you will like these ones because they are very open world. And even though they, I won't try to describe the story, even I don't get all of it. But they, they have the very different worlds, very unique worlds. You'll be exploring a lot. Like this is much like Arceus. You'll be going from spot to spot and doing all sorts of side quests and doing battles and everything. And you got a nice cast of characters to go with you. Um, the stories are deep. The combat system, I will agree with Tyler, it can be very complicated at times. But once you once you learn it, it will flow and it is fun. And they're they're long games. Like this is like what like the classic RPGs all. You have can easily pack a hundred like, hours. Yeah, yeah. Easily, yeah. easily. Like I was doing my review and I was doing just the main story more or less for Xenoblade Chronicles two, and I did like sixty hours before I was done in in two weeks time. And like I was trying to blitz through it. Tyler and Will were doing more of the side quests, and I know other people who did as well. So you can easily put like dozens upon dozens of hours into there so if you want ones that will definitely like suck your time up for a while then i definitely recommend the two xenoblade chronicles games i, I would add uh are you a fan or are you like a, an anime fan like in, in as a tv kind of thing i'd say i'd say i dabble okay <laughs> but you're yeah, not okay, a super okay, okay. so He's i would will. say <laughs> like not an insult yeah, if you are like a fan of anime plots, you, both games have anime storylines. Yeah. But two is stylistically more anime than yeah. one. Well, they in every Xenoblade game, every character speaks with a British accent, which is comical and a great story unto itself. But the uh, the overall vibes of one are a little bit more Western than two, uh, and like. Don't get me wrong. One is still like it's a Japanese game, yeah, but it's, it's anime at the wazoo. Yeah, yeah. It's two. It takes it takes it up a notch. Two is more fan servicey than one. One is is plays it pretty straight. Yeah. Um, and I personally preferred one. Uh, and but, I personally preferred two. So yeah. that's just our differences only. Also, and I, this is a shout out to the fans. Uh, ever since Xenoblade Chronicles three, which you should also get when it comes out in September, which is why you should get one and two now. Um. Ever since Xenoblade Chronicles 3 has been announced, I've been seeing an incredible amount of uh, art on the characters. And first of all, love love the passion. All right, Love the passion. Love the detail. There's some really good art on there. But for some of you, I think you're drawing the proportions a bit wrong if you get my drift. So I'm just saying, I don't know if you're trying to appeal to Will or someone else, but you know... I knew Todd would crack. Why the hell are you pointing me out? Some guys do have butts that big. No. Oh, no. That is true. That is true. It wasn't just, it wasn't just the butts, though. Oh, gosh. Anyway, but uh, my personal recommendation, and we'll I'll throw it to Tyler next, but for, for your descriptions of what you want, I would highly recommend the first two Xenoblade Chronicles games. Tyler, right. what's, your, what's your pick? Oh, and I'll also throw out indie games as well. I do like okay, of okay. all genres. Yeah. Which Tyler yes. likes to play a lot of. So mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. actually going to go with an indie uh, an indie game uh, just to just to be different and leave some of the, the popular ones out there. Uh, have you played Axiom Birch 2 yet? Ooh. Or 1? No. 
either Axiom Verge, okay, because it's not Switch exclusives, but I they, figured, yeah, it's they're Metroidvania style games. So like you kind of, if you don't like Metroidvania, you, you probably won't like it. But it does sound like you're you're interested in those type. I mean, it's an action game. So the first Axiom Verge is very different from the second. Um, but the first was like critically acclaimed. I think you're, it's got like an 88 on Metacritic. Like, very very high quality game but you're basically this scientist you got a little gun and you're dropped into this like digital like corrupted space that's like in between realities basically and you're trying to figure out what's going on and escape and it's a i'd say 10 hour game but you can get it for cheap on the eShop. that's a big plus uh it's pretty much always on sale so i would wait until it's available on sale but uh that you shouldn't have to wait long the uh, the gunplay is solid, and as you travel around, you'll find new weapons that fire different types of bullets that do different things. It's a very um, mental game. I like indie games with some edge, and this one definitely has a lot of edge to it. The story is there. It's a little confusing if you like hack. If you're into lore, there's a lot to chew on. But otherwise, the gameplay is like very quick. It's very uh, uh, sharp. I want to say, like, some platformers are imprecise. This game is not like that at all. The controls are very, very solid. Uh, and that's that's sort of where 1 and 2 depart. Because 2 ditches gunplay in favor of more platforming. You're going to be using, like, a grapple hook to traverse more, like, mountainous cliff sides. You're in more of a nature environment rather than this, like, cyberspace environment uh, in 1 and instant one you're playing as a male scientist and two you're like a female ceo running around with a pickaxe like hacking away at robots but it is a uh, i actually preferred two to one one had better reception but two i found that the exploration was more engrossing i liked the world more i liked the even the story a little bit more and these games are filled with nooks and crannies to explore. So if you love to find secrets if you want a hundred percent a game, this is a great choice. But if you are like just like, oh, I just like to play the game to the credits. I, again, this is another, it's a really solid platformer, Metroidvania with action elements mixed in. So I, I highly recommend those games really to everybody who enjoys Metroidvanias, but it sounds like that might be something that's in your in your sweet spot. And again, they're both on sale a lot. So as a new Switch owner, I would I would jump on those when, when they're available. All right. All right, Skull Kid. So my first big uh, one to talk about would probably be actually Monarch because it's been one of my favorite ones to deal with. It has a lot of anime-ish tropes in it too, but my favorite thing about Monarch is it does more by explaining some of the tropes of like why the characters act the way they do rather than just like putting them under the umbrella. And that's one of my favorite things about Monarch is it's kind of one of those games that you think you know where it's going and then it does like a kind of a turn that you don't expect it doesn't necessarily subvert your expectations but it just like changes it enough that you're actually surprised by it nice all right intriguing Hmm. will um in 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 base regard to your taste of action games like the the two games like i got i gotta clearly recommend is like are you a fan of, of platinum games andrew i I have not. This might be what you're going to suggest. I have not played Bayonetta. No, um, but I. Hmm? 
He's not suggesting that. I not okay. Uh, but I did play uh, Metal Gear Rising and enjoy. Ah, it. good choice. Good, t- good taste. Good taste. So yeah, like uh, it pretty much is. If you play Rising, you pretty much know uh, Platinum Games' track record. Like if you haven't, definitely, I definitely. I recommend getting uh, Bayonetta 2, of course, with the sequel. But the the game for the Switch that exclusively is for Switch is Astral Chain. And basically, it, it is anime as heck, no doubt about that. But think about it as, like, you're the police force, but you have JoJo stance. Oh, uh, you watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Andrew? That one, I, I haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> okay, okay. So basically, like, you have these, like... F- like spirits that basically you, you use as a police force, like basically a very sci-fi based adventure. Like think of it as a um, advanced Pikmin. But I, I'm not, again, you're a new uh, Nintendo fan, so I'm not sure if I get the reference. Yeah, I did. I played Pikmin too. Yeah. Okay. 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 So it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that, but more more advanced. So yeah, uh, Astral Chain, very great action game. Is just like if you like big set pieces, like if you know about Metal Gear Rising, like. At, like this game, uh, Astral Chain, and even to the point as well as uh, Wonderful 101 for the Switch, it is like the set pieces itself, like the action pieces. I think you will love it since you you said that you have experience with the action genre. So those two I definitely recommend. Um, also, another like one at a time, Will. <laughs> okay, okay. Going around the horn. All right, all right, all right. But and. Andrew, since you are, uh, you said you, you saw um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, and you, I take it you love, you love James Gunn, right? Yeah, I nothing against him. Love <laughs> is a strong word, though. <laughs> <laughs> then what if, is love, love, baby, don't hurt. Then Sorry. if you love James Gunn and you like the acting games, I highly suggest getting No More Heroes 3, because, like... You want games to support your expectation. No More Heroes is definitely that series, and you got, you will love Suda Fifty One. May not be like the best thing, but is like the most craziest things ever. Like if you appreciate James Gunn's like insanity, I think you also would love uh, Suda Fifty One's Grasshopper Manufacturers and No More Heroes. So that's another game that's just like pure insanity, and you might love it or hate it. It depends on your taste. So. So I, I will feel it. some type of way about it. <laughs> yes, yes, you will have an opinion after you play it. You will, you will think something. That's that's <laughs> what we can guarantee. All right, next up, uh, I'm gonna go more for the turn-based RPGs, more, the more classic styles. And I'm not gonna. Ooh, I will trying... say those are my least favorite, but, oh, but really? there are some. But there are some that I like, so go for it. Okay, well then I'm gonna give you two very different options. I know I'm not gonna say triangle strategy because I've only played the demo and I. I'm not going to recommend that until I know I, I like it. Um, the first one is Octopath Traveler. Mm-mm-mm-mm. This is a game that me, Tyler, and Will all liked. It's old school and yet new school. It, it was the precursor to uh, Triangle Strategy. I, I really hate that name. I, I still hate that name. I, why, why didn't they just call it Scales of Conviction? I'll break my insult meter just for this thing. <laughs> um, but no, Octopath Traveler is really fun. It takes the story ideas of uh, RPGs and like kind of messes them in a fun way. There's eight main characters, each with their own story. Each one is entirely different from the other, and you get to pick them at their own pace. So each one has their own chapter that you go and play through, but you don't have to play them in order. You can play them in any order. So you got like Ulbrich, who's an old soldier who finds the person who betrayed him and says go after him. You got Primrose, a dancer who's seeking revenge over the death of her father. You got uh, Tressa, who's trying to find this treasure, and et cetera, et cetera. And the combat system is very fun, easy to pick up, but difficult to master. And it's just this 
very old school yet new school. It, it's the one that came up with the whole 2.5 HD thing. Uh, it looks great, plays great, lots of fun characters, also with British accents. And it was a lot of fun to enjoy. And that's why a lot of us were excited for Triangle Strategy. But if you want to go to the opposite end of the spectrum, then you need to get Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. <laughs> The game that none of us thought we would like. We all thought it was fake. And yet this real-time strategy mixed with RPG game is one of the best out there. Even XCOM. The guy who made XCOM was like, I've learned things from Mario and Rabbids. So that's pretty cool. It's the Mario Kingdom with the Rabbids Kingdom. You got Rabbids dressed up as Mario characters. It's absolutely insane. It's a lot of fun. And yet, yet again, difficult to master. You'll be testing yourselves. And personally, I think this has the best version of Princess Peach outside of the first two uh, Paper Mario games. All right. She literally arrives in the game on her parasol with a shotgun behind her back and blasts a corrupted rabbit. It's like just absolutely awesome. So if you want to at least try a more traditional RPG, you go Octopath. But if you want to try a wacky one that mixes in like the XCOM style of RPG, then definitely go Mario and Rabbids. I would also note on Mario and Rabbids, a lot of people hear Rabbids and they're like, I'm out, and I understand that. This game, the Rabbids are like, they're Rabbids. I'm not going to tell you that they're not at all, but they are not nearly as annoying. No, as definitely not. I hated the Rabbids. That's why we all thought we was so, so stupid. And then we saw that E3 demo, and we're like, this actually looks good. We couldn't believe it. So yeah, do you, you even if you don't like the rabbits, you'll like this version of the rabbits. And it was, and I think it still is, the best-selling third-party uh, Switch game ever. Like, Interesting. I know. And then Sparks of Hope is hopefully coming, hopefully uh, coming out this year, and everyone's excited for that one because they're going to go bigger and better, and like I can't wait. So yeah. All right, Tyler. Uh, I would. As we, we've hit some good ones. There's some obvious choices out there, like Hades. That's a great mm-hmm, yes, I, I, really, yes. I was really surprised you didn't pick that one first. <laughs> well, I just been trying first. to pick some different games because there's so many. You know, there's I could recommend Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Like that's a great game. Everybody knows that's a great game. I'm trying to hit some some value games. When I first got my Switch, I got like I Am Setsuna, and I got uh Bomberman. Like there's some like cheap games out there that are really fun to just jump right in and play. Celeste. Uh, yeah, Celeste, Celeste is like the best game ever. That's, That's why you're. If you it. want to talk about Celeste? I could actually take two hours and we just talk about Celeste and how great of a game it is. But um, I actually would recommend you're. You might have already played them, but the Bioshock Collection. Have you played Bioshock games? Yeah, I actually I have the Bioshock Collection for PlayStation. Okay, well, scrap that then, because I was going to say it plays really good on Switch, and I have gotten to enjoy it there. But um, we'll, we'll we'll talk about Hades then. Um, you obviously have heard of it. It's was like the indie game of the year, I guess, in 2020. Um, but if for those who don't know, and if you don't know, you play as this like son of Hades who is trying to escape the underworld for some reason. And at first you start out with just like your trusty little sword and you meet various Greek gods along the way as you slash your way out of the underworld. It's a top-down game. Uh, your character appears kind of small on the screen as you go through these rooms, but it brings in roguelike elements that enhance, like, it enhance the experience. So you, if you meet the goddess Athena, right, you'll, like, the, the first god you meet is her. She'll give you the ability to make your standard attack deflect enemy attacks. So you're 
your standard sword move can like send spells back to other people. Now in the next room, you might meet Poseidon, who's like, okay, now I can I'll upgrade your dash to allow you to splash water at people. And then when you die, if or if you if, before it, once you finish a run, if you escape or you fail, you start over with zero powers again. So every run is different. You get new powers along the way, uh, and it makes every playthrough, even though you're running through. These endless, like the, the the rooms look pretty much the same as you as you after you've seen them three times, you've seen them every time. But they always feel so different. Every run feels different. Every challenge feels different because the gods you meet upgrade you in different ways. It's a speedy game. I think as an action game fan, you'll like that. That it's very high octane. You are going to be mashing buttons as you dash and slash and all that good stuff. Uh, the story is great. It advances every time you get back to the House of Hades, you can talk to all these colorful, well-voice-acted characters. Uh, it's a very, uh, I want to say, like, a diverse game. The uh, representation for, like, all sorts of people are, are there in this game. It does a great job of that. I think it's very uh, ahead of its time in that way. Just one of the best games on Switch. One of the best games I've played, besides Celeste, my favorite indie game. Definitely watch a video or two of it. Uh, before you buy it, I am 99.9999% sure that you will love Hades. Actually, it's funny. I almost I almost got it for PlayStation, um, but I didn't get around to it. So now I could get it for PlayStation. I could get it for Switch. Um, I will say it's funny. I Because I have the, the PlayStation, I feel like one of the things I, I am looking for, which might influence your recommendations are games that are very easy to just pick up and play yeah. uh, and then put down, um, which I feel like the Switch does well. And people have said, uh, like, it's it's good for games you can just play, you know, 20, 30 minutes of and then maybe not play for a bit and then go back to, like, on a commute or something. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a, a, a actually a, a really good perspective because I think as, like, especially me, Todd, and Will, like, just diehard Switch fans, like, I'm playing Switch, like, 90% of the time, so it's, it, that is good. No, Hades, I will say, I think it's best on Switch. Visuals, obviously, take, like, a very slight decline, but this game is so stylistic that I it looks great on Switch, both in docked and in handheld, and it is, like, a run-through, if you're, if you succeed in escaping, you're looking at 40 minutes, like, max, so I would say, I, I think that this is a good one, plus, whenever you reset, you start over, basically, it's, it's, it is a very easy game to play, like, I'm gonna do one run on my ride to work, or my, you know, on the train, or whatever, I think it's, it fits that, that niche well. Alright, go good. So this recommendation is going to come with a question, but have you ever played the Ultimate Alliance games? Uh, oh my gosh, Marvel I was going to recommend this. That's awesome. I, ooh, I don't think I have. I mean, maybe at a friend's house briefly, but not not extensively. Well, luckily for you, the they have the Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 exclusively on Switch, and it doesn't do a whole it doesn't really bring in a whole lot from 1 and 2 it's basically like its own kind of reimagining of like the comic universe with the MCU kind of deal which honestly does a lot which i think does pretty well with the story but it's also one of my favorite games that i picked up that's a switch exclusive great yeah they they go really big on the roster here like they bring in characters that when the first two games came out weren't even around or even popular like miss marvel or Mar- Miles morales mm-hmm. and uh 
or the Guardians of the Galaxy, whom you actually started off the game with, ironically enough. So Yeah. And they do a pretty good job, I think, of getting all the characters pretty in line with their comic selves, as well as like some influence of the MCU, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like they they and I only knew this because of uh the comics, like small spoiler, they talk about one of Thanos' children. And <laughs> I knew him only because of the comics. There was a huge arc based around him, and they kind of sorta imitated that arc, and I'm like that's a deep cut. <laughs> like, not a lot of people would know this character, but they make it work, and it's really awesome. And like all the Ultimate Alliance games, you make your perfect team, or, and then a you know, new character shows up. Oh, I gotta have them. I was doing that like 20 times during the game. Did you do that, Scott? Oh, big time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, Doctor Strange, I need him. Oh my gosh, it's Ghost Rider, I need him! <laughs> yeah, my my uh, screenshot uh, uh, album was filled with every single new character showing up with like their subtitle like, pretty much same yeah <laughs> it's like oh ghost rider click oh miss marvel click so yeah and like and that's it, that one has rpg elements too because you you have uh stones that you can use and gems that can power up your characters or give you new abilities and everything so there are rpg elements but it also has that uh you know four character dungeon crawler kind of feel and uh it's a lot of fun. And I actually, one of my biggest regrets here on Adderhaven was not reviewing that game because another one of us reviewed it and gave it a 2.5. Why? <laughs> you monster! Like, why would you do that? And Tyler, do you know what I would have given it? A 4.5 out of 5. Incorrect! I would have given it a 4. <laughs> <laughs> so close, Tyler. So close. Well, it's a good guess. I actually don't remember what I would have given it. It's been too long. It, it would have been a, would have been a it, it would have been a four honestly. or four point five. I think I'm comfortable in saying that. So, but yeah, and that and that one is also one where you can pick up and go because you can do a mission in like ten to twenty minutes, depending on the level. Put it down, go do whatever you need to, and then come back and boom, there's another mission for you to do. So, there, and there's a bunch of DLC that brings in the Fantastic Four, the X Men. It, it's a lot. Could say it's a uh, Marvel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome to the show arvok so all right well uh my my next one is kind of a bit of a unusual take because like you you always wanted to go get that that action game that one unique action game and the one action game i'm gonna recommend i suggest you get ring fit adventure <laughs> yes, I, I'm not. I'm not like just to be clarified. I'm not calling you fat or whatsoever, Andrew. Like I, I haven't met you, so I wouldn't know. But if if you want an action game that's like will really put you to a ringer physically, I, I highly suggest getting Ring for the Adventure. Game for sure. Yeah. I sure, 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 sure. I mean, maybe I'm stretching that definition a bit I too much. You're thinking outside the box. I like. It. Uh, I mean, I mean, you're doing action in the verb sense. You know, like you're putting action to your arms and legs and body, so that counts. I mean, that's pretty much there what I'm are going actions with. Actions involved. So. There you go. Lots and lots of that. And but, like I, I would speak as a guy who has completed one round of Ring of Adventure for the entire year. And yeah, if if you really want to get like really put your body into action, literally, I highly suggest getting. Getting a Ring Fit Adventure because it will kick your butt literally. Like, from like, even though it's a simple premise of like an RPG of getting 
buffed up, wrinkled, but it actually teaches you some really good tips about a healthy lifestyle. So, like, there's also the RPG, there's a lot, the very crazy cats, and of course, even, like, a little dance mode as well. So, like, yeah, it's not the action game that you may, that we've been discussing previously, but ha- having Ring for Avengers just, like, again, practicing healthy habits, I think that's kind of also a good addition that you only could find on the uh, on the Switch system. So, personally for me, I highly recommend getting us a Ring Fit adventure. Something different. Okay. Do you like a good workout? There you go. I've been saying I've, I need to get it, but uh, because of how my TV setup is, it would actually be hard for me to play because I would need to play it on the big screen, but I can't because I have a whole bunch of stuff already plugged into my television, and I don't want to mess with it right now. So, I will stick with just going to the gym. But I want to. I want to. Kind of. Sort of. Anyway. Uh, final round, gentlemen, so make your picks count. And I'm going to go for the game that, ironically, we have not mentioned yet, and that is, of course, Breath of the Wild. Mm-mm-mm. I was waiting for that. Yeah. I, I was waiting. Yeah, I didn't want to go for the obvious pick, so I, I've waited for a while, but we have to make sure we mention it. This was the launch title. This was the game of the year, and this is the game we're waiting for this year. Nintendo, do not screw with us on this, all right? Again, I will break the insult meter on this one, too. Um... But yes, Breath of the Wild 2 is coming, so you absolutely need to play Breath of the Wild 1. And this game, I still feel holds up to this day, especially with the DLC content. Um, It is the open world Zelda of our dreams, and it can only get better from here. This was their swing. This was everything. This was an entire E3 uh, week for them, or whatever. They dedicated the whole thing to Breath of the Wild, and no one complained, because it was awesome. And then they got the game, and it was awesome. There's, you know, the, you take the story at your own leisure. There's a whole bunch of side quests to complete. There's the dungeons that are scattered all over the realm that'll help you get your heart container so you can get more life. Um, bunch of really cool characters. Of course, there's the four temple guardians that you have to go and get. And the beasts and gain the master sword. It it twists the, the lore in fun ways and makes you realize just how connected everything really is it's also the one that has a lot of voice acting and it really helps make the characters come alive like i will forever love mifa she was so great they cast her perfectly and uh patricia somerset i believe is the voice of zelda and she's really good so that you you will spend a lot of time in this game if you want to like i spent the least amount of time between the three of us because i was doing the review but, like, Tyler, didn't you say you put, like, 200 hours into the game? Yeah, it's still my second highest played Switch game. Or second longest played Switch game. What was the first? Uh, the first is Fire Emblem, or Smash Bros. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, yeah, so you will spend a lot of time in this game, and um, it'll set you up for the second one, which is hopefully coming this year, and we'll build up on what everything was done with the first one. So it's the first game. It's arguably the best game, depending on who you talk to, and it could have the best sequel, so why not get that? Exactly, no bad reasons. Go ahead, Tyler. (laughs) I I plan on getting that. So I'm sticking with that line you said about looking for, like, a game that you can hit in short bursts. Uh, One, just very quickly, it's a kind of a couch co-op, so it's not exactly that fine single player, but Streets of Rage 4 Ah. is a banger. That one, you actually can play like one level at a time you don't have to run it straight through and each level takes about 10 minutes it's a side scroller beat em up um but again i kind of like games that are fast paced and this one is super fast paced the combos the way your characters fight it's it's very fluid very fast um even if the walk speed isn't great the action is constant you're constantly moving 
Uh, tremendous game. But the other one is uh, taking that concept of bite size to a new level. That's a WarioWare Get It Together. Uh, this I should have known. Yeah, yeah. Have you played a WarioWare game? No, I don't think so. I think only. Um... No, I may have played a little bit. I mean, I know. I think of the like the Smash Bros. Uh, stage so I may have played yes, a okay. little so bit. You know the premise. Then. Yeah, like, you're you're basically playing these like three second, five second long micro games, um, and trying to rack up uh, a high score. But I, at some point, the game starts moving so fast that you're you're like, I think if you want to, one session or uh, one run through of a stage is going to take you like twenty minutes. So I think that that's a, a good. Uh, commute game you're basically tasked with doing these like hilarious random zany challenges like one challenge has you burying cat poop another has you catching tears from a mermaid like you are constantly going to be doing these bizarre uh tasks drawn by like the the animation the art style it's very irreverent it's very un-nintendo in a lot of ways but also super nintendo like the ideas that are packed into this game are constant. There's just a gajillion different things that they're throwing at you. And what your job as the player is, is to figure out what are they throwing at you and how do you solve that problem and how quickly can you do that? Because you're always put against a tight timer. So compared to other WarioWare games, what makes this one special is these micro games that you're playing instead of back in the day, you would interact with them through your controller, like in, in, the Wii version, you'd be doing the motions and then you would pass that way. In this game, you're actually controlling Wario and his friends. So every character has different powers and you can craft your team to take on each challenge the way that you want to. So one character can move in every direction, but they're constantly moving. Another character uh, can like is always jumping. But they, and, and they can like throw a projectile sideways. Another character might be stuck on the ground and has to like grapple around to move. Like everybody has a different play style, and the fact that everybody has a different play style makes you it. it, it the challenge lies in figuring out what each, or how to accomplish each task with each character. So it's kind of a quick thinking game, but very action oriented and very much a. Um, a game that you could play on your commute. I would look at it. It might not be, it's not for everybody. I would definitely watch some videos and see if you might think it's for you. But if you're looking for a good train ride, my best friend has been playing this every day on his commute to work and he's loving it. So I, I would, I would give it a look. All right. Yeah. Something different, but that's the, yeah, that is the kind of thing I'm, I'm also looking to check out. We, we, we do want to give you a diversity because there there are a, and we're not going to get them all tonight, obviously, but there are so many other titles. God, yeah, there are a few that that I've been into that I was surprised you didn't mention, but that I think that just shows how there's there's a lot to play on the Switch. Oh yeah, there, there's a humongous <laughs> library on the Switch, and this next one is also one you might not have realized, but I think it's one that you might enjoy just because it's one of the few survival horror games that kind of had a comeback from the old days. But it's uh, the Fatal Frame made in the black mm, water. Mm, mm. Oh, it, I've always been curious to play them, but I I know some of them weren't released outside of Japan. So this one is called Made in the Black Water. It has been released out of Japan. You can find it on the eShop right now. <laughs> and it's really it's really an interesting type of game. It's a lot more of like a kind of exploration puzzle type of photography game where you're looking for a lot of things that deal with horror elements and genre stuff. And it's kind of just cool of how it works. 
but I'll let you make that kind of assumption for if you like it or not. That's actually a that. very good horror recommendation, too. It Everything is. I've seen about that game is it's got horror. It's heavy horror. It is. Yes. It is. It's yeah, a great I do, heavy I do like game. horror, as I said, so I'm glad I'm glad we got at least one true horror game mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, Mm-mm-mm. yeah. yeah. Like, if, if you love, like, like ain't like japanese um myths like those old japanese horror movies back like uh the ring sadako and all that you would definitely love a uh, fatal frame i highly recommend that yes 100 percent. might call it picture perfect well, <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i would okay I, I don't do horror myself but if there was a demo i would obviously tell him to play that first that way he can get you know a snapshot I, I, I love believe. how Will has adopted my strategy of just booing bad puns. It's it's great. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Last I checked, I think there was a demo, but I'm not sure. I think yeah. there was. I don't know. Anyway, all right. Will, what's your final recommendation? Uh, I'm surprised that you haven't. We haven't talked about this. I mean, I would go for the easiest picking and and recommend uh, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe since that is the top selling game, which I'm, I'm surprised you yeah, didn't mention. But but, but <laughs> since but since you have more action games, like I this one is a must have. Super Mario Odyssey, like nice. that that game, like if you have an Nintendo Switch, like with Breath of the Wild, you gotta play at least one Mario game, and that is Mario Odyssey. It is just like it is the perfect Mario game to date right now. Just like perfect tribute to old. If you if you play old Mario games, then you're gonna love Odyssey. Like, what is there to say? Like the music, just like the mood of it all, and again, how Mario just platforms in this game is just like. It's just a lot of things they they did on right with Mario Odyssey from the traversal. Like it really is like a very good spiritual successor to sixty four. Like that next level of what you expect from Mario games. Like and especially once you meet hit New Donk City to meet uh Pauline is just like yeah you, you can you will understand why this game has such great match. And especially if you want, just simply want to go for a quick run or go for completionist, the game rewards you constantly. So. If, if you have like if you haven't already, I definitely highly recommend getting a Super Odyssey just because it is just that Mario magic you know and love. So Odyssey, highly recommend. It's a good have. commute game also. Yeah. Uh, because there's so many moons. It's a, unlike like Mario sixty four where like the stars are kind of sparse. Moons are everywhere. So you yeah. can boot it up, play it for ten minutes, get three moons and be like, All right, putting it down, pick it right back up as you're not going to be like, where did I leave off now? Because there's just always something to go discover. And there's because of all the different areas you go to, and there are a lot more than you might think. Um, each one's got like what twenty moons or something like that, and collecting them all is not easy, but it's also a lot of fun because they're so diverse in how you can get them. So like, I remember like I think my second playthrough, I was just like, okay, how many moons can I get within like an hour period? And I got like seven, and I didn't feel like that was too much or too little because I knew I had to work to get some of these. So it's that, and it, it very much is open world in that you can tackle it at your whim. Unlike 64 was like, oh, you do this one, do this one, do this one, do this one. It's here's your level, go have fun. So it's it's very much, remember that also came out in 2017. So it was literally Mario versus Zelda for game of the year. It was awesome. So yeah, if you want a little more lighthearted open world adventure, that's a good one. Yeah, I was I was waiting for a Mario recommendation and I figured it would probably be that one. But, um, I said Mario Rabbits. Ah, oh, that's true. Though. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, don't, it's, I feel like we talked. You talked a lot about the rabbits and not a lot about the Mario aspect, but um, and Mario Kart as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's one that I guess it, I was also waiting for. I I'm not a huge platform person, but I 
if it's a really good one, I'll definitely check it out. So that's one that I I have heard very good things about. I'm I'm curious about. And yeah. I'll, go ahead. Odyssey is like it. It's definitely a 3D platformer. It's a Mario game, but not in the same sense that like. Mario 3D World is a platformer. Like, 3D World is all about like tricky jumps. Odyssey, there's like cool movement stuff that you can do, but it really is like it's more of an adventure game to me. You're not going to fall into too many like bottomless pits. Like it, it, it uh, you know what you're getting into. I don't really need to describe what a Mario game is, yeah. but Odyssey is is a little bit different, I would say. Than and we didn't even mention Cappy, where you can like take over like a dinosaur or a bullet bill and just have like all these movements that you couldn't do before. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. you can be a T-Rex. Yes, that's, that's the one thing. Yes. It was, it was really cool. So, and then of course there are, and there are so many other games we didn't even mention, like smash bros. We didn't mention, uh, animal crossing. I, pre- I don't know if that'd be your thing, but. Oh like... yeah. Actually, I, I, again, it like, it's a good example of a, of a genre. I'd be into it. Um, yeah. Well, surprised. yeah, gotta get smash bros. I Smash think get Animal Crossing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, we did um, uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, the, re- the remaster that came out. That one's really, really fun. Um, there's there's so like That's the beautiful thing about this this system is that... Also surprised you didn't get to Sword and Shield. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Sword ah! and Shield. I th- Sword I think... and Shield, I'm like tentative recommend on. After Arceus, things, that yeah. is true. It's okay. it's not bad. It's it's no. fun. It's Pokemon. It, like you know, again, it's like Mario. You know what you're getting into with Pokemon, but yeah. it doesn't have like after Arceus. It is hard to go back to the traditional style. I think. Yeah, it's yeah. It, I I'm I'm with Tyler on that one. It it can be a little. It's like wait, I used to I used to play it like this, and then of course we didn't mention you know like Fire Emblem Three Houses or Luigi's Mansion. Or uh, I'm just, I'm really scrolling through my games right now. Um, I mean, first thing oh, will be I will also say uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Oh, Monster Hunter Rise. I thought you might recommend it. Will I think I think you would like Monster Hunter Rise. Or uh, and I know this is this is me, but you know, Phoenix Wright. You know, that's that's always that's a different kind of oh, game. For I you. have always wanted to play a Phoenix Wright game. Boom. The first the first three games are bundled in a trilogy with modern graphics. It's really awesome. So I think you can get it for like thirty bucks, and that'll take you like dozens of hours to get all through. So, and I'm still waiting for Phoenix Wright Seven, Capcom. Saying, <laughs> and if you so, want a real time killer, just get Hyrule Warriors. That one can really oh, yeah. kill some time. Oh yeah, yeah. Age of Calamity, so good. And uh, yeah, there are there are just a lot, and there's a lot of third party games we didn't talk about. Uh, Square Enix has a lot. Um, there's some cloud games. Uh, I'm not gonna mention Kingdom Hearts, Scott, because I know that that's that's such touchy 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 subject for you. But there's some other cloud games that you know you could try out. And the Switch is just a great system because it's got all of these great titles, Scott. So, or I'm sorry, Andrew. So we're so happy that you are now part of the Switch family because you will be entertained for a long time. Unlike if you had the Xbox or PS5. Boom! There's an that insult for you. such fake news. But... <laughs> 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 took, took me an hour or so, but I got the insult out. Anyway, so uh, Andrew, do you think you've uh, got enough games to go on for a while? Sounds like I've got a couple. Um, All right. But yeah, no, I've been looking looking them up as you've talked about them, and there are some that I'm, I'm definitely interested in. Um, yeah, and, and some that, as you said, we didn't even get to cover that much, but, uh, yeah, sounds like it's a good list. Um, one, actually, yeah, one I wanted to throw is, so I will, Breath of the Wild, I gotta get, 
um, Mario, Mario Odyssey, uh, Animal Crossing, and then others you mentioned. I am, I am definitely like, I have to look into to Maiden of Blackwater mm-hmm. for a horror game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wasn't sure about Octopath Traveler, but I really like one of my favorite games uh, is Final Fantasy VII. Ah, okay, okay, okay. So it feels like you know, and it's Square Enix. So yeah, a few. A few, yeah, a bunch of great titles, yeah. Yeah, and we didn't, and I just remember we didn't talk about Splatoon too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how you feel about shooters, uh, Andrew, but yeah, Splatoon two, like a very good shooter. But so if you want, to, or you could just simply wait for Splatoon three when it comes out, so yeah. you get the fresh freshness of it, basically. Yeah, we did talk about Metroid. Yeah, Dread. that's another one. Yeah, I I don't play a ton of shooters, but like if there's a good one, I'll I'll definitely yeah. play. Yeah. So you, you're gonna be you're gonna be busy for a while, and if you need another recommendation, you know you know where we are on Discord. So, and we look forward to when you come back on after you've played some of these games, hearing your experiences and which ones you like the most. And with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. Ah! Ooh, I don't think we had a poll question last week, but maybe we did. I honestly don't remember. I think uh, I'm pulling did. it up now. I was unprepared. I'm uh, honest shop- with you. Ooh, Tyler is unprepared, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, we did not have a poll question last okay. week. Okay. All right. Well, I want to do this one for Andrew. So, uh, in are you on Twitter, Andrew? I am. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what what is it for people to come and follow yeah, you? Yeah, you would follow me at Andrew Agris. There's a spot between Andrew and Agris. That's my name. Uh, Could you spell it, please? A, yeah, I was just about to A N D R E W, face A G R E S S. Okay, and uh, by all means, tweet at him and recommend your titles that you think he should play first. But for the poll, let's each pick one of our picks for him to try out, and let's see what you personally feel out there that he should pick between the four. My pick, uh, I'm gonna say Breath of the Wild just because it's the easy answer. So I pick Breath of the Wild. Will, what's your pick? Uh, I'm gonna go with Odyssey. Odyssey. Okay, Odyssey. Scott. I'm going with Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Okay, and Tyler. I'm going to Hades. Ooh, nice. Okay, so there you go. Which one of those four games do you feel he sh- that Andrew should play first? And of course, let's know what you think about everything else we've been talking about today, including what you think will be presented at the Pokemon Presents. So for Pelias, Tyler, Skullkid, Scott, Arbok, Andrew, Warrior, Will, Triforce. It's a lot of names I gotta say. Triforce Todd, uh, we are out of time, but you're not out of lies. You made it to the end of the level, so raise the flag.